And let's stand up and praise him tonight. Let's worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, I just welcome you in this place. Father, welcome your spirit in this place. For everybody that's watching online, where they're at in their room, in their living room, or wherever they're at, Father, I pray that your spirit will be there with them as well, that your presence would be there with them as it is with us here, Father. We love you, we worship you, we glorify you, we magnify your holy name, for you are worthy. Walking around these walls yeah, I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battles won For you have never failed me yet Oh, your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness Oh, I'm still in your hands and This is my confidence you never failed me yet you never failed me yet I, Cause I know the night won't last Oh, your word will come to pass oh, My heart will sing your praise again Oh, Jesus, you're still enough Oh, keep me within your love Oh, my heart will sing your praise again And your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness Oh, I'm still in your hands And this is my confidence you never failed me yet Oh, and your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness And I'm still in your hands This is my confidence you never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I see you do it again. 
fade away when there was no way and I believe I'll see you do it again I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again you made a way when there was no way and I believe I'll see you do it again I'll see you do it again oh yeah Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You never failed me And your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness your faithfulness I'm still in your hands and this is my confidence you've never failed me yeah. and I never will forget that you've never failed Never fail me yeah. oh, I've, seen, I've seen your goodness on the mountain I felt your love within the valley And your grace still surrounds me. God, you've been good to me. You've been good to me. I've seen your goodness on the mountain. I felt your love within the valley. And your grace still surrounds me. God, you've been good to me. Oh, you've been good to me And my soul sings Oh, my soul sings Oh, my soul sings So my soul sings With all my heart I love you, Lord. You're my first love. You're my reward. And through the years, 
You've been good to me. So good to me. So good to me. I have breath within my body And I have life inside my bones And I cannot help but praise you God, you've been good to me Oh, you've been good to me And I have breath within my body I have life inside my bones And I cannot help but praise you God, you've been good to me Oh, you've been good to me So my soul sings And my soul sings Oh when my soul sings, my soul sings with all my heart, and I love you, Lord. You're my first love. You're my reward and through the years you've been good to me so good to me so good to me with all my heart I love you Lord you're my first love you're my reward and through the You've been good to me, so good to me, so good to me, so good to me, so good to me. And all from the rising sun to the hopeful future to the dreams to come and when the seasons change oh I won't give up cause you never fail me no not once and I'm dancing on for the rising sun to the hopeful future, to the dreams to come. And when the seasons change, 
Oh, I won't give up Cause you never failed me No, not once And my soul sings Oh, my soul sings Oh, and my soul sings And my so sings with all my heart and I love you Lord you're my first love you're my reward and through been good to me so good to me so good to me with all my heart and I love you You're my first love You're my reward And through the years You've been good to me So good to me So good to me So good to me So good to me Thank you Father for being so good to us Thank you for always being there for us. No matter what's going on, Father, you are faithful. You're an amazing God that always makes a way when there seems to be no way. You're so good. When we don't even deserve it, you're still there. When we make the wrong turns, you're still there to turn us back around, put us back on the right path. Clean up our mess and set us in the right direction. You're so good. Your mercies are new every morning, and we thank you, Father. Nothing compares to who you are. Nothing compares. King of glory, who compares to you? of my offering and every ounce of worship I will pour at your feet 
King of glory who compares to you You are worthy of my offering And every ounce of worship I will pour at your feet You alone deserve my worship You alone deserve my praise You alone deserve my worship You alone deserve my praise King of glory who compares to you worthy of my offering and every ounce of worship I will pour at your feet you alone deserve my worship You alone deserve my praise. You alone deserve my worship. You alone deserve my praise. You alone deserve my worship. You alone deserve my praise. It all belongs to you. 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 Jesus. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. All my worship, Lord. All my praise. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. You alone deserve my worship. You alone deserve my praise. You alone deserve my worship. You alone deserve my praise. You alone deserve my worship. You alone deserve my praise. You alone deserve my worship, Father. You alone deserve my praise. 
It all belongs to you. 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 Jesus, you alone deserve my worship. You alone deserve my praise. You alone deserve my worship. You alone deserve my praise. You alone deserve my worship. You alone deserve my praise. You alone deserve my worship. You alone deserve my praise. It's all for you. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. Oh, oh, oh. 
Father, to worship you, we live. And every, every aspect of our life, Father, we, we use to worship you, Father. The way, we, the way we work, the way we talk. Let our lives be a worship to you, Father. Our lives, Father, every part of our life. Not just when we're in church. Not just when we're singing a song. But, Father, everything that we do, we do it unto you. It says in your word, to do all things unto you, Father. So, Lord, let our work be a worship to you. Let our conversations be about you, worshiping you, lifting you up, praising you to other people. Let our home life be a worship to you. What area of our life, Father, is not glorifying you? Let us see it, Father. Shine a light on it. Let us see it. Let us not mistake it for something else. But, Lord, let us see it bright, shining right in the front of us, Lord. What is it in our life that we've we've held on to you that's not glorifying you? That's cutting us off from you? Oh, what is it in our life that we're choosing over you? That's tainting our worship. Father, we lay it down before you. Because I want my life to be a, a living sacrifice of worship to you. I want my life to be glorifying you in every way. You're not just part of my life. You are my life. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, 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 to worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship. Oh, to worship you, I live, to worship you, I live, I live, to worship you. Every part of my life, I worship you. Every part of my life, oh, I use, I use it to worship you. Oh, yeah, I worship you. You are holy, holy, are you Lord God Almighty? 
Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy. 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 Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy, 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 are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy, and are you Lord God Almighty, and worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb. You are holy, are you Lord God Almighty, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy. Holy and holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy. Holy are you, Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy. Father, you're a holy God. You're a holy God. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You are holy. In every way you are holy. In every way you are holy. There's no part of you that's not holy. There's no part of you that's not righteous. There's no part of you that is not just. There's no part of you that is not magnificent. You are completely holy. Completely holy. You are perfect in every way. You don't make any mistakes. You don't second guess yourself. You are all powerful. 
you are holy. Holy beyond comprehension. Holy beyond our feeble minds can never comprehend. We can never grasp it. We can never grasp your complete holiness. All we can say is, all we can do is join in with the angels that circle your throne and sing, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty, and worthy is to live. Worthy is to live, you are holy, holy, are you Lord God Almighty, worthy is to live, worthy is to live, amen. Holy, holy, are you, Lord God, almighty, worthy is to live, worthy is to live, you are holy, worthy is the Lamb to open the scroll, worthy is the Lamb. Open the scroll. Who is worthy? None is worthy but you, Father. None is worthy but the Son. Oh, worthy is and live. 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 Only you are worthy to pay the price that we couldn't pay. Only the Lamb of God was worthy to shed the blood to be the ultimate sacrifice to go on for the ages and ages you worthy word your blood is still enough your blood is still enough the blood of the lamb is still enough oh it's never lost its power the blood of the Lamb has never lost its power. It's still enough. Yes, Lord. Still enough. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Still enough. Because you are worthy. Worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. 
are worthy Worthy is the Lamb 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 Yes, Lord Worthy is the Lamb Cause you are holy Are you Lord God Almighty and worthy is the Lamb? Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy, holy. Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy, holy, holy. Heavenly Father, we just, just praise you that you are a holy God and you sent your Son to live among an unholy people. That God, that redemption's plan might be brought forth, that we might be made whole once again. And the reconciliation of the ages between creator and creation would have its place. God, it's just unfathomable to try to understand how a holy God could do such an incredible act towards those who are unholy by nature. And God, it was your love for that which you created and that which you desire, and that is fellowship. You created us that we might have fellowship with you, that we might live with you and you live with us. And so we praise you for that, Lord God. And help us never forget that you are a holy God. Yes, you're mighty, you're glorious, you're faithful, you're loving, and all those things. But God, you're a holy God. And so we worship you because you're worthy of praise and glory and honor. Most holy one. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. You're holy. You are holy. King of kings, Lord of lords. You 
here tonight you need prayer before we go to the word or anything you need someone to just join with you in prayer okay anyone else need prayer maybe an unspoken need okay let's pray right now father you know these individuals who've raised their hands. You know the cry of their heart. You know the desire. You know the need. And you said, God, if we would just come to you in your name, that, Father, we have an audience with the King who is able to do and above and beyond all we could ask or think. So we ask right now, Father, as these who raise their hands, they speak the need, and we simply agree with them. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray. You know your purpose and plan in each situation and circumstance. And we ask that you bring that to pass. And we agree that it be done. And be done in such a way to bring glory and honor to your name. So that you receive all the praise for it. And no one gathers attention except you, Lord God. And we pray that the testimonies that will come forth from it will be powerful will be powerful testimonies Father in Jesus name in Jesus name Amen Praise the Lord Amen. Let me switch microphones here. I want to 
want to remind all the ladies about the ladies' tea Saturday. And my wife told me that even if you haven't signed up, you can come. So just let them know. And, we'll... and next Wednesday, we'll have a special treat. The, the youth ministry will be coming down and the youth worship will be leading the worship. And, and uh, yeah, they'll be all fired up. And uh, Pastor Tiger is going to minister in the Word. So uh, it'll be great. Be a great opportunity next week. And um, so anyway, let's just get started here. A few weeks ago, uh, I began on Wednesday night talking about the identity of the Holy Spirit. And um, uh, I want to kind of pick that up again tonight um, on who is the Holy Spirit. This isn't going to be very long, honest. Um, and because uh, there's just there's so much that we could get into here. But I just want to dig a little deeper into who he is. We kind of, we kind of identified him and certain things about him. But I want to look a little bit more about who he is and what he does. Uh, because the Bible contains supernaturally inspired revelation about God. And God is some... I don't even know how to say this right, but... I wrote this down, and I don't know if it makes any sense, but God is so much other than we are. In other words, we're not even in the same category, class, whatever. He's so, I don't want to say different because we just, everybody's different, but he's so much other than we are that sometimes it becomes necessary to adjust or expand our usual forms of speech in order to try and communicate that revelation of who God is. And, um, and so I want to kind of begin a little bit tonight and talk about the fact that in God, we have both oneness and plurality that are eternally combined. When we speak of God, we sometimes think in singular but at the same time, we recognize the plurality of Father, Son, and Spirit. And this is all found through the Scripture from Genesis 1 all the way through to the end of Revelation. And I just want to kind of begin, begin to look at this a little bit. And then in a couple of weeks, as I said, the, uh, the youth will be here next week. Um, the following week, come back and dig into this even even more. But I just want to kind of lay the foundation on this a little bit because the mystery of the revelation of God in, in being the, the scripture says the Lord our God is one God and yet we know that our God is Father, Son and Spirit and they are they each have a unique characteristic and mission and everything else but in Genesis 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, when you dig to, and I don't want to get real technical about this, but you have, to, you have to understand this. We see God created the heavens and the earth, period. But in the, in the original Hebrew, the word for God, Elohim, is, is in plural form. 
So when it says God created, it wasn't like maybe we would think Father, but God, the plurality of God created the heavens and the earth. But the word created is singular. So it's like this, this, the Godhead singularly acted in the creation of the heavens and the earth. Okay, does that make sense? And um, in other words, uh, in, in Genesis 1 and 26, go just 26 verses down, and we're confronted with the same combination of singular and plural and the reference to God. Look what it says. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The verb said is singular again, but then you have the pronouns us and our. So you have this plurality of God singularly acting in one direction. And, and the combination of that in reference to God is repeated time and time and time and time and time again. Now, you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with anything? I'm, I, I'll tell you towards the end, okay? Because it, it I just want you to see this part of it so that I can kind of throw a lasso around it and pull it in and help us understand this. The prophet, uh, the prophet Isaiah had a vision of the Lord. Remember in Isaiah 6, he says, and the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, he was high and lifted up. We know that whole thing. But in Isaiah 6 and 8, Isaiah hears the Lord say this, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? So here we go again. Here's the pronoun I that implies one person speaking, but the pronoun us indicates that he's speaking on behalf of more than one person. See, we, we just read through these things and we don't catch this. And it really is going somewhere here. Um, because in this ongoing revelation of Scripture, there's dis you have three distinct persons emerge of each of whom is God. And I've, I've mentioned this before. We, we do it to... Um, make the understanding easier. We say, Father God, um, you know, uh, we, we, we say, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But that is not what we believe because to say that is to say that you believe in three gods. But we do that to distinguish who we're talking about. So I just want to lay that out there. But look what it says. It says, whom shall I send, but who will go for us? So the three persons emerge. We have the Father, and we have the Son, and we have the Spirit, okay? And, and what's interesting is when we usually see things in, in a list, we, we think the top of the list is the most important. For example, when Paul talks over in Corinthians, he says, so in the end we have faith, hope, and love. But then what he says, what? But the greatest of those three is love, right? And it's not the, it's not the first of the list, it's the end of it. And I'm not trying to say that here, but, but think about this. So if we have the Father and we have the Son 
and we have the Spirit, or we have the Word who became the Son, the Word became flesh. So we're just, for simplicity's sake, we'll say the Father, the Son, and the Spirit of the three divine persons referred individually in the Scripture, guess which one is named first? I gave you a hint. The Spirit. In Genesis 1 and 2, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Isn't that interesting? It's, it's, see, we immediately we think in the creation, we think of God the Father. We think of Him. But, but there are three in one, and they are the plurality of who they are, and, but in their, in moving towards a singular purpose or function. So it's interesting to me that out of the three, Father, Son, and Spirit, it's the Spirit that is mentioned first in the Scripture. The Spirit of God was hovering or brooding or, or moving over the waters. Um, let, me, let me give you a science thing here that kind of helps us understand this a little bit, at least it helped me. Um, we can never explain God. Nobody can. No, there's just no way. You're not going to be able to explain God. Um, but in the world that he created, he provided us with various parables that reveal himself. Remember, Jesus spoke in parables to give understanding to truths, right? So in the world that God created, he has given us parables, if I can put it that way, that help us understand the revelation of who he is. And one of the parables is what I call the parable of light, okay? Light is a part of everyday life to which we, we do not normally give much thought. I mean, except when the lights go out, right? <laughs> you know, and, and then, then you're desperate for light. Uh, I, I'm, I'll tell you a real quick humorous story. Uh, when I went to a church in North Louisiana, um, it was way out in the country. And, and they told my wife, the first thing you need to do is get some of those um, oil lamps. You know what I'm talking about? Because they said when the, light, when the power goes out, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And so um, we moved in on a Saturday, and the church was scheduled to start a revival meeting on Sunday with an evangelist and his wife. And it was fine with us because they were friends of ours from Tennessee. And so, and, and having just moved, we were like relieved that we didn't have to do anything but just show up almost, you know. And um, so that first Sunday morning, he preached and, and we had lunch together. And that night he was preaching. And right near the end of the service where he's about to give an altar call, I mean, he's firing brimstone preaching. And all of a sudden, the power went out. Boom. And that's when I found out that the, that church did not have emergency lighting. It was blacker than night. I mean, there's no street lights. There's no nothing. People, and, and, and the funny thing was this, there was a man who had fallen asleep during the preaching, and he woke up and yelled, Oh, my God, I went blind. <laughs> It was hilarious. And um, uh, the sanctuary was 90-something feet long. 
cathedral, 32-foot cathedral ceilings and 90-something um, feet long, but there was like a, a piece of frosted glass about that high all the way down the length of both sides of the sanctuary. Now, to the right side of the sanctuary, my right side from the front, was a cemetery, so there was nothing over there. But over here was the parking lot, and I thought, if I can get some cars, turn on the headlights, we'll get enough lights in here, we might be able to get the people out. And we had kids on the second floor that we had to try and figure out to get down the stairs. So you don't think much about light until there is no light. The next day I went and got emergency lighting. And uh, because there's just times you need light, right? I mean, but we, normally we don't think about it. We'll look outside, we'll say it's overcast today, or it's partly sunny, or it's sunny, or it's rainy, or whatever. But we still, even if it's overcast, it, there's still an element of light, so we don't think much about it. But it's in this phenomenon of what we call light that we discern this plurality in at least two forms, okay? And I'm going to put an example up here for you. Light is re regularly refracted into three primary colors, blue, yellow, and red. And, um, I mean, you understand what I mean, when, like if you put it through a prism or what? there's three major colors, blue, yellow, and red. What's interesting is that in the rainbow, light appears in seven colors, and it's violet, indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, and red. So you have the three major colors, but you have seven total colors that, that break, and yet light comes across as white. It comes across singularly as one, one color, but in it are three major colors, and even breaking it down more, there's seven colors in there. And so within the unity of light, okay? In fact, let me put this up here so you can see this. Within the unity of light, there is the trinity of three primary colors, the trinity of primary colors, and yet there is the sevenfold diversity within the rainbow. And the rainbow God created for something for us to understand, right? A bow in the heaven as a promise that it would never destroy the earth by a, by a flood again. Now, it's kind of interesting to me also and again, I'm a little strange, but my mind thinks this way. But throughout Scripture, seven is oftentimes a particular number associated with the Holy Spirit. As we're talking about, who is the Holy Spirit? In Revelation chapter 4, verse 5, it refers to the seven spirits of God. How many of you have ever read that and just wondered, what in the world does that mean? Okay. It actually refers to a prophecy uh, back in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. And the prophet foreshows us how the Holy Spirit will set apart Jesus as the Messiah or the Anointed One. And he lists seven distinct aspects of the Holy Spirit. And so when we hear, we see way over in Revelation, he's talking about the, the seven spirits of God, we go, what is that? I've heard people talk about it, and I'm going, it's in the Old Testament. 
Isaiah told us the seven spirits of God. Now, and, and I want you to see this. Now, you say, but the first one's the spirit of the Lord. That can't be the seven spirits part of it. This is when the spirit speaks in the first person as God. You follow what I'm saying? And we'll even see this more in a couple of weeks. Because there are times that God speak with the Spirit of God is speaking in personal, in a personal way. And then there's other times that He's speaking as God. Yeah, and it, it really when we grasp hold of this, you're gonna see it. At least to me, it 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 helps us understand some things. So the Spirit of the Lord is the spirit that speaks in the first person as God. So when Jesus, imagine, Jesus said, when in his hometown, he says, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's speaking, of, of, in, 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 in other words, he's speaking in the first person. He's speaking, of, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has sent me to do this. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, you know, to all that list. He goes down. So the spirit of the Lord, one of the distinct aspects is when he speaks in the first person, when the spirit speaks as in the first person as God, okay? Then there's the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. It, it, it's, um, these are seven aspects or characteristics of the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit that gives, brings understanding. He's this, Paul prayed for the early church. He said, I pray that the spirit, the spirit would give you uh, the spirit of wisdom and understanding and in the spirit of revelation. So when Paul's praying that, he's, he's literally praying that the aspects of Holy Spirit would, be, would come to the believers. And it's significant that even in Jesus himself, knowledge needs to be balanced by the fear of the Lord. Because knowledge on its own can become a source of pride. And Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was tempted in every way that, as we are. So in, in 1 Corinthians 8 and 1, it says that knowledge puffs up. Or that literally means makes arrogant. But love edifies. I mean, just think, the Son of God came and dwelt among us he knew the mind of the Father. He knew heaven's counsel. He knew everything. He could have been lifted up with that pride, but he knew. And the scripture says he humbled himself. And it was his love that enabled him to humble him, himself. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 2, the Holy Spirit is plainly presented as being himself God. If you remember in Acts 13, the Bible says that there were a number of elders in Antioch and they were fasting and praying to the Lord. 
They were ministering unto the Lord and fasting in prayer. And and 1 Corinthians, uh, I mean, Acts 13 and 2 says, And the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Notice, notice this. He's speaking as God. He's speaking in this. He's, it, it didn't say the word came unto us by way of the Spirit um, f- from the Father. It, it, he's speaking. Because remember, we talked about that one of the things the Holy Spirit does. He's the administrator of God's work on earth. He oversees that. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father so that he can come because Jesus could only be in one place at one time, in flesh. But when the Spirit comes, he said he will be with all who believe and he will oversee the Great Commission. He will oversee the church. He'll oversee because he leads, guides, um, uh, directs, and, and teaches us all things concerning Christ. So in, in this situation here, they're fasting and praying, ministering unto the Lord. I, I don't think they were praying about, like, Lord, what should we go do from here? They were just fasting and praying to the Lord. And the Spirit of God spoke and said, Now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit is speaking here in the first person as God. And then when you look, I want you to see the plurality of Father, Son, and Spirit working always together. They're not in contradiction to one another. They're working for one cause. They may be, it's three in one. And, and man, I'm just, it's like wrapping your head around this. But what's really interesting is that God's total involvement, Father, Son, Spirit, in the redemption of mankind. I think the greatest revelation of God's grace is that he had a plan to redeem a fallen race through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And as you study the Bible, you can see in every stage of redemption, each person of the Godhead who played a unique and distinct part. And I'm just going to give you just a few examples tonight, okay, real quick. Let's start right at the beginning, the conception of Jesus. Remember I said that the, the, the birth of Jesus wasn't supernatural. That was a natural birth. It was the conception that was supernatural, right? In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, it says that, the, the Father caused the Word, Jesus, to be conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit. It was the F- Father sending the Spirit, and the Spirit of God overshadowed Mary, and life was conceived, the Son was conceived. We find that in Luke one thirty-five. So there's the Son coming on the scene, overshadowed by the Spirit of God, and the Father was behind it. Then you have the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. When, when Jesus submitted himself to the baptism of John, remember? 
He comes and John goes, no, this shouldn't be. He goes, suffer it to be so now. The Holy Spirit descends out of heaven in the form of a dove and a voice from heaven, the Father, acknowledges him as his son. So there you have the Father and you have the Spirit and you have the Son all working together. The, the ongoing ministry of Jesus Peter sums it up in Acts 10.38. Look at this. It says, God, speaking of the Father, anointed Jesus of Nazareth, we know who that is, the Son, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. So there's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Spirit, all the plurality of God working as one. Okay? Let's go on to the next one. The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross in Hebrews 9.14. It speaks of Christ through the eternal spirit being the Holy Spirit offered himself up without spot to God. God being the Father. So then there again you have the spirit and you have the son and you have the Father. The resurrection of Jesus. It says um, God the Father resurrected Jesus uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and you can find that Romans 1 and 4 and Romans 8 and 11 on the day of Pentecost. There you have all three again. Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God. Who? Who was exalted to the right hand of God? Jesus. And who, who's God? The Father. And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out which you now see in here. So here again, there's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Spirit, the plurality of them together working as one. So in each stage of redemption, and I could go on and on with other examples, the Holy Spirit played his own vital and distinct part. And the reason I'm pointing this out is because we're more familiar with the Father and we're very more, much more familiar with the Son, but we know next to nothing about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he is rightfully called both the Spirit of grace, according to Hebrews 10.29. He's also called the Spirit of glory in 1 Peter 4.14. And to me, he is the Spirit of grace that leads to glory. Holy Spirit is also seen in the Scripture as being personal and non-personal, but we'll, we'll touch that another time. He, and you say, so how does this mean anything? Well, let me give you that point, and then we're going to close. Okay? We're really going to close. The outcome of all this is simply that God is multifaceted in character. And that means he's able to address every situation, every circumstance in your life, in my life. He's not limited in any way. When we, when we really begin to see the bigger picture of how he's, from the creation of the world through the very ending of things as we know it in Scripture, he's multifaceted in character that means he is able to, do, do, to multitask 
in, in every life, any situation, no matter what. And that's the thing that it shows to me. It reveals that simple truth. But that simple truth, because how many people have I met and you met that you've talked to and said, but you don't know what I'm going through. And I can say, but you don't know my God. Because I know what he, what he has done and what he's able to do and, he, and what he can do because of who he is. And I see, I see that and it gives me the confidence even more so than ever before because of who he is. Not just because somebody told me he can do that. This is who he is. This is the God. And so the Bible says it, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. The same spirit. This same Holy Spirit. This, this same spirit who's so multifaceted in his, his abilities and his, his, what he can do. He dwells in us. So what do we lack? What are we lacking? What is there that God cannot do? There's nothing he cannot do. And God wants us to understand this. And, and, and that's why Ephesians 3 and 20 says that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what? The power that works in us. And what is that power? It is the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, he is able so I just want to encourage you that I don't care what your situation, I don't, let me rephrase that. I care about your situation. But it doesn't matter how difficult or bad or, or um, impossible it may seem or the person that you're talking to. It doesn't matter where they're at. That God is able to reach them. To the uttermost, the Bible says, because that's who God is. He's, he's the plurality of the Father and Son and Spirit working as one. And he dwells in us and he lives in us and he's working in us. So there's hope, my friends. There's hope. I know sometimes you may wake up in the morning like I do and go, I don't know if there's any hope for me today. And you say, Lord, where are you? And he's right there. And he's working his work. He's working his plan. And we need to know that. And I just want to encourage you with that tonight. That he is able, and I would say willing, to do above and beyond all you can ask or think by the power of the one who dwells within us, the spirit of the living God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the spirit of God who has come and lives within us, dwells within us. He knows our situation better than we do. He knows us better than we know ourselves. 
and the patience of the Spirit is so powerful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All these years, you have been there. You've never turned away. You've never turned your back. You've never thrown in the towel. But instead, you just keep revealing yourself time and time again in more unique special ways and Father I just pray for anyone that may be here tonight or watching that the spirit of hope would take firm grip in their hearts that the spirit of the Lord is in them is upon them to do the Father's work. The Apostle Paul said, for the Spirit knows the mind of the Father because they're one. He knows the mind of the Father and He works all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose because that is the mind and will of the Father. And all of that is only available to us because of the Son who died on the cross, was buried and raised again to life and now sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for us. Father, Son, and Spirit working as one in our lives. So, Father, tonight we pray, we pray for families. So many families are torn apart because the lack of a father figure or a poor representation of the Father in heaven. God, I just pray tonight for families. The enemy tries to pull and apart, but God, you are one, and you desire that families be made whole in the oneness of the Lord. Jesus the working of the power of the Spirit and the love of the Father make them one make them whole restore them Lord God 
restore them. Bring healing and reconciliation. That you would get the glory and you would get the honor for it. Father, help us to guard against pride. That pride would not be a downfall in our lives. That we would humble ourselves before you. God, we're proud when we go through the day and think that we can do it without you. That's nothing but pride. God, let your spirit convict us when we're leaning on our own understanding, our own strength, our, our own wisdom. And let us realize that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is real and available to us. Those who lack wisdom, the scripture says, let them ask and you will give abundantly, liberally, Lord God, wisdom that comes from your throne. Lord, I just pray for church family members that are in the valley of decision about things. I just pray, Lord God, that that the spirit of wisdom and understanding would come to them and that the peace of God would rule their hearts. Let it govern their decision-making, the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. that comes from knowing you Holy Spirit let that river of peace settle in our hearts and in our innermost being let us be in tune with your voice for Jesus said that you would only speak the things that you are you hear that you are given to speak to us, Lord. So give us an ear that's in tune with you, Holy Spirit. Give us an ear that's in tune with you. Lord, as we enter officially into the Christmas season I just pray for divine opportunities to share the love of the Father through Jesus Christ and the witness of the Spirit to individuals that we don't even know and that God that that witness would have a powerful impact life-changing, eternally life-changing impact. I've prayed every day, Lord, since Thanksgiving for a Christmas awakening in the lives of people this Christmas season. Let the story resonate beyond the the, the, the light-hearted commercial, Lord, 
of, of Christmas, but let the real story resonate with individuals. Bless you.